so I'm going to have her come up here, and then let's give her a hand as she comes, and we really are excited to hear from Pastor Brooke. Just going to pray over her, and we're going to let the Holy Spirit flow. So God, I just thank you for her right now. God, I thank you for the word that you have given to her, God, and just as we pray over these children, I thank you, God, that there is a word that is in due season for us. Now, God, as you have, as, as you have instructed her to give us this word, would you, God, now prepare our hearts as the people? God, prepare our hearts to receive this word, that, that when that seed comes, God, that it would find fertile soil. And God, not that it would just find the soil, God, but it would grow and do the things that you've called it to do, God. I just speak, God, peace over her mind right now, and just Holy Spirit every word be line upon line and precept upon precept from the throne room in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. No one there? Okay, there we go. <laughs> So I'm speaking in Pastor Stead today. He's at Shawnee Alliance at both services. So if you could pray for his strength this morning. And when he asked me to speak today, I always asked the Lord. I said, well, what's the word that you have for your people? And I know you've heard it a lot already in our life series, love, identity, faith, eternal purpose. But that's the word he gave me. He said, faith. And so the Lord and I have been preparing a meal for you today. And I'm just asking you to come dine with us and eat with us. And sometimes I like a simple definition. I love the Hebrew, I love the Greek, but sometimes I just like to be simple. And so I Googled the word faith. And what came up, it said complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Again, complete trust and confidence in someone or something. So I want to start by going to Genesis 11, verse 27, if you want to follow along with me. And it says, now these are the generations of Terah. Terah fathered Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran fathered Lot. Haran died in the presence of his father Terah, in the land of his kindred and Ur of the Chaldeans. And Abram and Nahor took wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai. And the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and Iscah. Now Sarai was barren. She had no child. And Terah took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son, Abram's wife. And they went forth together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there, and the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. So I just wanted to give you a little backstory as to what was going on here. Terah is Abram's father, and he died at 205 years old. And now I just want to go to Genesis 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. And make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. 
And in you, Abram, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And so Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to go to the land of Canaan. And when they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place called Shechem, to the oak of Moreh. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. And then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built there an altar of the Lord who had appeared to him. And from there, he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going towards the Negev. You know, Paul said in Romans 4, 3, for what does the scripture say? Abram believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. He believed God. You know, he didn't even have the whole word of God like we have, but he believed God. And it was counted unto him as righteousness. And I just want you to imagine this for a second. Let's pretend you're 75 years old, and God calls you. He's like, ring, 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 ring. <laughs> you're retired. You're done working. You know, you're ready to move to Florida, right? <laughs> but God calls. And Adonai says, leave the land you've always known. Leave your father's house, your family, and go. Go to a land that I will show you. And I was thinking about this. You know, I've lived in Lima my whole life. Um, but the best example I had was, you know, Prophet Mark and Karen were here a few weeks ago. And here they are living in South Africa and 60 years old. And God says, go, go to America and start ministry there. They heard the call of God. And think about it. They went from a house to an apartment. They told us from a bed to an air mattress, new people. They left family behind. So think about that. And when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about Jesus when he calls us. You know, the disciples were fishing, and they saw Jesus. They heard his call, and that says they immediately dropped their nets, and they immediately followed him. There's just something about when he calls us, but how far will you follow him? And I'm not just talking about changing locations. That could be it, too, but how obedient? How far will you go when he calls you? If he asked you to move to a land, would you do that? If he asked you to speak a message like me today, will you do that? Because you know what? Sometimes I feel unqualified. Sometimes I feel scared too. But my love for Jesus has to be stronger. My surrender for him has to be stronger. My yes has to be stronger than the no. Let's say you're at Meyer or Walmart. And the Holy Spirit highlights somebody that you don't know to you. And he says, just speak a word. Just give them a smile. You never know. They could be planning on committing suicide that night. But your obedience to the Holy Spirit could change their life. Just one small act. And he's saying, how far is your dependence and obedience going to go? Or does it have limits? Because, see, sometimes we have limits, don't we? I'll do this, but I'm not going to do that. But is all our life his? It says, Abraham believed God, and God counted it to him as righteousness, and he believed so much that he went. There was action with this. He didn't just hear the word, 
but he had action and he answered the call and he did the word. You've heard it said faith without works is dead and that's true. So we can talk all day and that's good. That's good to speak the word, but what's our part in this God saying? Are we really growing if we're not being stretched? If we're not feeling uncomfortable, are we really going from faith to faith? Because God's not here to make us feel comfortable and sit in our comfort zone. He's calling us to deep waters. And do you know that most of the ocean hasn't even been explored yet? And I know it can seem foreign, but he's on the water and he's saying, come out. Come out into the deep, into the places you don't know that seem foreign. Think if Abraham had stayed with what was familiar, would he have found the land the Lord had prepared? Would he have had his inheritance? I don't think so. Maybe God would have had to find somebody else. Would all nations be blessed through him, including us? Do you know that? His obedience, we're blessed because of his obedience. And it's tied to generational promises, good or bad. You choose his blessings. You choose life. You choose it. He said, I set before you life and death. Choose life. But the choice is yours. He loves us so much, he's given us free will. And Abraham's trust, his obedience cost him everything. But think about the great reward that came through Abraham, and that is Christ Jesus. The seed came through Abraham. So his obedience is tied to so much more. And our obedience and our faith and our trust in God is tied to generational things. Your children and your children's children. We sing that song. Think about that. I always say Abraham heard the voice of the Lord, and he may not have known where he was going. He may not understood that we'd still be talking about him to this day, you know, years and years and years later. But all he needed was God's voice. And I just want you to know that his voice is so valuable above all other voices. His voice has to be the most valuable thing in our lives, and that's all we need. We need to just hear his voice. We don't need to know all the details all the time. Just hear the voice. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says we walk by faith, not by sight. Walking is an action, so not just talking, not just words, but action. Not just feelings, not just your emotions, and not just thinking intellectually. Abraham went and left his father's gods, and he pursued the one true God is called Adonai. And I don't know if you know, but Adonai means Lord. And so is he Lord? I know he's your savior, but is he Lord of your life? Is he really master? Is we really trusting the small things he asks of us? And I just want you guys to turn to Matthew 13, 1, because faith is also a seed. And so we're going to read what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 13, 1. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. I like to imagine maybe he was at the Galilee, you know? And a large crowd soon gathered around him, and so he got into the boat. He always had crowds following. And then he sat there and taught as the people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. He said, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. No worries, Elder Eric, I will clean this up. <laughs> but a farmer went out to plant some seeds. 
And as he scattered them across the field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. And still, other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And I'm going to go down to Matthew 13, 18, because he gives the explanation. He said, now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and they don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. And that seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce the harvest of 30, 60, or 100 times as much as been planted. And you see the seed is the word of God. 1 Peter 1.23 says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God which lives and abides forever. This seed of the word of God cannot be destroyed. But I must ask, what kind of soil are we planting the seeds we've been given in? Because the first fell on a path, and the birds came and immediately ate it up, right? And it reminds me of when Prophet Mark was here. He gave me and my husband some words over dinner. And they were so awesome, but also it caused some fear of the Lord. You know, sometimes when you get a word like that. And immediately after he left on Sunday, I, we went to Bob Evans to eat. And I told Damien, I don't, Pastor Damien, I don't feel very good. And from that point forward, probably a good four days, I was almost bed bound. And you just, you never know what people are really going through, you know. And the Lord showed me through a sister that, it was Satan. He doesn't care if you preach. He doesn't care if you teach. He doesn't care who you are. It's his job to steal, kill, and to destroy in your life and to take that seed away. And so he immediately tried to get my mind off those prophetic words that the Lord gave me. And he tried to snatch it away just like those birds did in this verse, right? So it couldn't even be planted. It couldn't even take root. The second seed fell on rocky places. And I look at this as places in our heart that's kind of hard. Do we have those places sometimes? They received the word with joy, but it couldn't go deep because it was planted in rocky places. Are there places in our life where we feel hardened? We have walls up with other people, other Christians. Even with God, sometimes we put walls up in certain areas, right? The third place it fell among is the thorns. And the seed among the thorns, it chokes out the word. And it's the cares of this life. And I think it's a hard balance. I get it. There's a lot going on, you know? 
There's stuff coming at us all the time, and sometimes these worries try to get to us. Sometimes we're chasing things, people, monies, money, uh, health issues, the bad relationship. But guess what? It's all sent as distractions. It's there to choke out the word of God in your life. The last place the seed fell was in good soil. And this soil has been tilled. This soil has softened. All thorns and weeds have been pulled. And the nutrients are rich in this soil. It's ready for the incorruptible seed to be planted in it. And it will produce some 30, some 60, and some 100 and fold. This seed will grow and bear fruit. And I just want to tell you that these are mustard seeds. And you can barely see it in my hand. It's one of the smallest seeds. And yet I don't know if you know, but it grows into one of the largest trees. And the Lord has been telling me that he's given all of us a measure of faith. Okay, we all start somewhere. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Do not despise the day of small beginnings. Make sure your heart stays right. Make sure the soil is rich. That the seed may go down and be planted and bear much fruit. And he even told me, give it the sun's light, the son of God. Little becomes much in the hands of the master. What did some fish and loaves in a little boy's hand come to? Feeding over 5,000 people in the hands of the master. A wedding where they ran out of wine and the hands of the master turned into the best wine at the end. Little becomes much when you put it in his hands. And I'm just asking you today, what does he put in your hands? What does he put there? I also want to say the seed of faith is a person. What does it say? The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And now Jesus lives in us through the Holy Spirit abiding within us. The seed is implanted into our spirit. Think about this. We're all Marys to an extent. We've received Jesus. We've received the word of God. That's the start. The seed is put in your spirit. Now it's our job to water that through the word. What's it say? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And as you do this, you will become a mature son. You will become a mature daughter in the Lord. And what do mature sons and daughters do? They bring forth the image of their father, the image of Jesus. They'll see the glory on your face. They'll see the fruit in your life, okay? Giftings are awesome, but fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, all these things that God's still working with me on, you know? But back to Abraham, he heard the word. He accepted the seed, the word. He trusted in it, and then he went, and he bore much fruit. We see that in all the nations, don't we? If you want to go to Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Do you know that faith is an actual substance? And he's put a hope, he's put a calling in each and every one of us sitting here, Right? But faith has to work with hope. See, hope is for tomorrow. 
But faith is for now. It's now faith. That's why it's called now faith. So faith and hope and love, they work all together. And you might be saying, well, my bank account looks empty. But what does the word say? Let's think about this. Give, and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together and running over. Well, you say, the doctor gave me this bad report. But I want to ask you, whose report matters the most to you? Because he said in his word, he heals all diseases and all means all. All who came to Jesus and believed were healed. So faith is a word, the word, it's a person, and it's a substance. But if you're not placing your faith in his word, it's not going to stand, okay? It's just wishful thinking. But if he said it, you can take it to the bank because his word never fails. And I was just thinking how this faith really has to, you have to have your mind made up, but it has to surpass your logic, okay? This faith, like I said, is in the spirit. It's in the heart of man. And Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, and that what we now see does not come from anything that can be seen. And I'm a creator like my heavenly father, and sometimes I create art. And it starts out, like a blank canvas, okay? And it takes hours sometimes, you know, the skills he's given me, the talents he's given me, I have to put it forth, I have to make action. And then, as I work at it, nothing becomes something. And this one probably took me about 10 hours, I'd say. <laughs> but that's what it's saying in Hebrews, that what we see didn't come from anything that we can see. It's by trust. It was by the Lord's spoken word that the luminaries were formed. Think about this for a second. The sun still comes up every day. The moon still comes out every night, just like the day he hung them in the sky. What promises has he given over your life? Like Abraham, will you believe it to come to pass, even if your circumstances don't seem like it's going to come to pass? You have to know he's the artist, he's the author, and he's the finisher of your faith. And he will do it. He will complete that work within you. If he's put it within you, he's faithful. Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So faith is also a lifestyle. The word of God says the just shall live by faith. So let me ask you something. If we're not walking in faith, are we experiencing God in our circumstances? If we're not walking by faith, because it says we must have faith to even please him. And he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him day after day. And it's not an emotion. That's the problem with feelings. It's like a roller coaster, right? <laughs> I've been on that roller coaster. <laughs> Feelings shift and change, but faith is firm, okay? It's like a house being built on a rock. It doesn't move. So I must ask you, who is the one that's calling us to live and have faith? What's the character of that one? Because if faith is the key to pleasing and experiencing God, listen, when we don't exercise faith, we challenge God's integrity, and it's basically calling God a liar. That was from Tony Evans. And I was like, whoo! That's a sharp point and a sharp blade. <laughs> that, but think about it. God's given us words like spoken words today. And in his word, 
And when we challenge that, it's like when we have unbelief, we're saying, well, I don't really believe you, Lord. I don't really trust what you're saying. And we do challenge his character. We do challenge his integrity. And I believe that's why faith is relationship-based, that he's saying, how intimate are you with me? How rooted in me are you? How, how deep do you go? Because he'll show you his character and experience. He'll show you his character all throughout his word. But in any relationship, what does trust come? It comes with experience. It comes with time with that person, right? Uh, thank you, God. David said, I slew the lion. I slew the bear. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine, right? What has he done in your life and past experiences? He's the same, you guys. He hasn't changed. He's going to do it again. And it's just, it's coming to this place of rest and not striving. And I just want to say that you don't have to be perfect. If you guys want to read Hebrews 11, when you get home, it lists the names of people of old who walked by faith. And there are two on the list that kind of stood out. And one was a prostitute, Rahab. And the other one, a liar and a thief, Jacob. And I want to ask you, would they be on your faith list? By the way, Jesus came from this lineage. But at some point in time, they had an encounter. They had a holy encounter that forever changed them with God. I'm telling you, one encounter of seeing his face, one encounter with him will make you walk by faith and change your life from that point forward. And I love to study out of the Hebrew. And, you know, when I'm reading it, really, to be honest, faith and trust, they're interchangeable. Okay? It's like it's the same word. It's trust. But it has to be in the good times and in the bad times. Hebrews 11 talks about those that had their dead raised, but guess what? Some were tortured for their faith. Some saw the walls fall down, but some people were stoned. A woman had to pray in tongues all night while her husband lay there on his deathbed. His tongue swollen. He almost had to be intubated. And everybody that came in the room said this would be the last time they would see him. The next time would be at his funeral. And that lady is me. And I had to pray all night in tongues, in the good times and in the bad. But could I say like Job, though he slay me, yet will I trust you? Could Damien say, your grace is sufficient in this circumstance? Can we truly praise him and trust him in uncertainty? Because I had uncertain days every day for a couple of years. And yeah, I still had to trust the process. Because see, sometimes we want a certain outcome, and that's okay. But it's not just faith and trust in a certain outcome that we want all the time. It's faith and trust in the character and person of Jesus Christ. We can want what we want, but just trust his process because he's working it out for our good. Right? The good and the bad days are for his glory. And he's working on our character through that. And I'm not saying God brought that. I know the enemy, but the Lord allowed him. They said, why is this man born blind in Scripture? And what did they say? No, it was not that any man had sinned. It was for the glory of God through Yeshua so that he could heal this man. Praise God. I just want to share this dream I had um, maybe a week or so, so ago. And in the dream... I had to give my message and preach. And there was a great crowd of people on this very wide street. And I saw a few church members on the street. 
And I mean, I was just in a hurry walking along the street, and somebody stopped me and asked me a question, and I said, you know, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't have the answer to that. You're going to have to ask pastor. And I just kept walking. I was just in a hurry. And I came to this T in the road, and I turned on another road, and as I looked up, the sky was black. And it had like these bright red billowing clouds of fire in it. And it was so, I had never seen anything like that. It was so amazing. I just wanted to whip my phone out and take a picture of it. But by the time I tried to do that in the dream, everything was gone. And then I turned and I went down the other way on the street. And all of a sudden I was in a wheelchair. And I was wheeling myself along like I was using my feet to move the wheelchair, okay, down the street. So it's kind of like I was using it almost as a crutch, right? And then I heard, when I return, will I find faith in the earth? And then I woke up. Joel 2.31 says, the sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. And I believe that's possibly what I saw in my dream. The day of the Lord for those who know him is great. And that's why that didn't bother me. But for those who don't know him and fear him, it's going to be a terrible day. And at the end, I, said, I heard, will I find faith in the earth? Will he find that trust? Will he find that faith in the earth? He hasn't called me and you to live with crippled faith. In a wheelchair, walking ourselves, and it's nothing against anybody in a wheelchair. I'm talking about faith right now crippled, walking along, okay? He's given us the ability. And I just feel like there's things that hold us back sometimes from walking this walk of faith, and we don't need it. And he told me that the crutch, the weakness, the thing that's disabled your walk of faith is going to become the deliverance like Moses's rod. And I just feel like there's people in here like me, okay? This is just a relaxed atmosphere that traumatic experiences and grief and parents and maybe even church people, the religious people have let you down and it's crippled your faith. Maybe a divorce, but it's crippled your faith and it's not allowed you to trust daddy's embrace fully like he wants. But I want to say that God is not like man. He's not a man that he should lie and he's firm. And he's consistent. Yes. Yes, God. And I just, I would like us to stand up. And if this ministered to you, I just want you to come forward to the altar by faith. Because I just want to pray over you today. Because I want to see you set free. And he'll touch you in your seat. That's fine, too. But I just believe he gave me that dream for a reason, that that's not what he's called us to. He's not called us to walk around like that and be crippled in our faith. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Just come down if you feel led to come down. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Father, yes, draw, draw by your Holy Spirit. Draw by the Holy Spirit, God. I thank you. I thank you for what you're doing in this place. 
I thank you even for the deliverance earlier. And Father, I know the deliverer is in this room today. <laughs> You're the deliverer. You're the healer. And God, I've had crippled faith at times. I've had doubts. I've had stony places in my heart where I put up walls to you and I put up walls to others. And Father, we just repent for that today. I pray, Father God, that you'll just touch their hearts right now and just till their hearts. Let their hearts be seared with the word, the sword of the Lord. And let their hearts just receive it, God. Father, I thank you for healing right now, God. Maybe it's something they don't even want to talk about, Lord, a molestation. Things that happened when they were young, Lord, they feel like they can't talk about it. But God, they can come here to this altar, and you said it would be good news. Your word is the good news, and you set captives free. And Father God, we just break every chain right now on them in the name of Jesus. Every mind-blinding demon, God, that has them blind, Father God. Go now in the name of Jesus Christ. Go now in the name of Jesus Christ. Everything that's held them back in their mind, God, many times, many times what holds us back is ourselves. And so, Father God, we just get out of the way this morning, and we just yield and we surrender all these places to the Holy Spirit. And I just pray that you would just minister now by your Spirit. What each person needs, go deep, Lord. Let the waters go deep. We just talked about going deep, Lord. And we've stepped forward and we've come out into deep waters. And just let those waters flow through our heart, God. Let those waters cleanse us, Father God. Thank you for the moving of the Holy Spirit this morning, God. Thank you for your word, God. Thank you for your word, God. Just release every captive that's standing here right now, God. If they need a bodily healing, just lift up your hands. Lift up your hands and receive. For he is a healer who heals all your diseases. Just rise up by faith. He's saying, rise up by faith. Rise up out of the wheelchair and walk. Walk. Don't be crippled in your faith walk anymore. Oh, Father God, and I pray, Father God, for those who are grieving, whether it's, it's a person or expectations that didn't happen, Father God. We hand them over to you, Lord. Breathe on your people. Breathe on your people this morning. Bring about a refreshing, God. Bring about a refreshing for the weary soul, God. We talked about hope. And Father, I pray that hope would arise again. Faith would arise again. It's not about what we see, Lord. It's about what you say, and we believe you this morning. We believe you, Lord. And we trust you. We trust your character. We trust who you say you are. And we trust you in our lives, even in the small things, Father God. Show your people, Lord. Show your people your glory, Lord. Show your people your glory, Lord. And pour your spirit out in this place. 
And I thank you, Father God, that they're not going to leave here the same. They're going to leave here lighter because your yoke's easy. Your burden is light. And so we just, we just get into your lap, Papa. And we just love you so much. Just, just let him love you right now. I just feel like he's embracing some of you right now. Just let go. Just fall back. Just trust. You can trust him. He's a good, good father. Things might not always seem good, but he's good. And he loves you. And he says you are his own. And he says that you can walk this walk of faith. Because it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit. And I thank you, Father, that you're just taking this church to new levels, God. Taking us from glory to glory, from faith to faith, God. As we grow up and we mature, Lord, mature sons, mature daughters. In Jesus' name, we just bless you. We bless your presence. We're not rushing you. We're not rushing you. Faith arise, God. Father, I pray that you'll heal this wounded heart this day, Father God. Heal the wounded heart, the woundedness that he feels, Father God. I just see you doing surgery right now, and I just see you working and sewing and moving in his heart. Go deep. Go deep, Holy Spirit. Go deep, Holy Spirit into the deep recesses of his heart all the way back from childhood heal those wounds and whom the son is set free is free indeed brother whom the son is set free is free indeed you're free today loose him from all chains right now in the name of Jesus Christ and let him walk out his faith walk with freedom thank you father God Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Let faith arise. Let faith arise, Father God. Let faith arise, Father God. Let faith arise in my sister, Father God. Let faith arise in my sister, Father God. Just increase her trust in you. Bring her to a deeper level of trust, Father God. You've got it. You've got everything, Father God. And I thank you, Father, that as she gives, you're giving unto her good measure, plus pressed down, shaken together, and running over, you're going to give unto her bosom as she's obedient to you, Father God. Bless, bless. I bless her. I bless her, Father God. I bless my brother, Father God. Let faith arise. Let faith arise, Father. I thank you that he's a mighty man of God. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Yes, Jesus. Jesus. 
let faith arise. Thank you, Lord, for my faithful brother, Father God. I thank you that a new faith, a new faith level is arising within him, Father God. Even in his study time, Father, I just see him going deeper. And I just see you giving him more and more revelation. Just open your word to him like never before. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Bless my brother, Father God. Let faith arise. Let faith arise, Father God. Let faith arise, Father God, and my brother. Father, I thank you for the wisdom that you put within him. And Father, I thank you that he's just going to begin to use that wisdom. He's going to step out in faith as you lead, as you guide him, Father God. And his family here at church, Father, let the increase wisdom, increase wisdom, increase knowledge and understanding. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for my brother, Lord God. Thank you, Father God. But it's always been said that you've been called David. And God is just saying, put that sling in your hands and kill the giants. Because the God who stands behind you is greater. He's greater. And he's with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let faith arise, Lord. Let faith arise in this couple, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Let faith arise. I pray, Lord, that they would begin to hunger. And I pray, Father God, that they would begin to thirst for you like never before. Give them that hunger. Give them that thirst. Make them one. Make them one even more. And Father, I thank you that you've got all the small details worked out in their lives. You're working behind the scenes. And you can trust God. You can trust God. Father, I just thank you so much for my mother. Father, you said to bless and honor our parents. And so I bless my mother today. I honor my mother today. I thank you, Father God, for her faithfulness. I thank you, Lord, for how much she helps with my kids. I just thank you so much, Lord, for giving me this mother. And I just love her, Lord. And I just bless her this morning. And she has always believed you. She's always been firm. She's always walked by faith. And Father God, I just ask that you continue to just deepen, deepen her faith, Father God, so that she can move mountains in her life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for my sister right now. Oh, Lord, sometimes the cares of this life 
truly weigh us down. We're carrying weights and things that we're not even supposed to be carrying. It's like I said in the message, Father God, your yoke's easy and your burden is light. And so when we feel a heavy yoke, when we feel burdened, we know it's not from you. And so we just cast all of our cares right now at the feet of Jesus. And I thank you, Father God, that she's going to leave here light as a feather. Light as a feather, God, with all these burdens, all these cares at your feet. Because you are working in and through her life. I just speak freedom right now. Freedom in her mind, freedom in her life. Let faith arise. I just call her husband and her children to her side. Father God, just like Noah, his whole family was saved. And so, Father God, I just call them forth now in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father God, that you are just going to making them one like never before. And Father God, I pray that they will just hunger and thirst for your word. And they will make time every day to come before your presence and just read together. We just call them by our side, Father God. I thank you for her faithfulness. I thank you, Father God, for her faith. Take her deeper, Lord. Deeper out on the waters. And I thank you, Father God, for my sister and my brother. Thank you, Lord. They are so faithful. They are such servants to this house. And Father, for their faithfulness, for their faith, I'm asking, Lord, a special blessing upon them, a special blessing upon their home, even financial blessings, Father God. They don't even know where it came from, but it's coming, Father God, I pray. Speak this into their life, that they have every need and even some wants, Father God. I bless them. I bless them. Father, I thank you. Thank you for my Aunt Deb. I just speak healing into her life today for the whole man, her body and her soul, her mind, will, and emotions. Healing is hers. Healing is the children's bread. And Lord, I need you to go deep, 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 deep down. And I need you to heal from as far back as childhood. And I need you to be her father today. I need you to embrace her. And let her know the love of a father like she's never known before. We're all imperfect, but you still love us. You still love us with perfect love. So I thank you, Lord, that you're just embracing her today. And her faith is arising, God, even for family members to be born again. We have faith and we believe they're coming in. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for my brother. 
Let faith arise. Let faith arise, Father God. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of bringing your word, the privilege of praying for your people, Lord. And I have faith. And I know, Lord, everything is done and sealed, the sign sealed, delivered. Just continue to work in the hearts of your people today. And Father, I just bless them. I just want to do the ironic blessing from Numbers 624. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace today. In Jesus' name.